It's important to be open-minded, to not just see the world one way, frozen stiff, but to be able to broaden your horizons, to see the beautiful rainbows outside of your ghetto walls. However, if you are too open-minded, well, God forbid, your brain can fall out. Today, we will explore an attempt to broaden our minds, to expand our mental reach, plunge some murky waters, some all-new deep waters, in discussing a rather popular topic to see perhaps how the Torah views it, to kind of dance back and forth, understanding different titanic Torah giants' approach on this topic, we will endeavor to find a practical application for it and maybe make some jokes, make a bit of fun, hopefully have some fun, and conclude with an idea that actually plays a pretty crucial role in living up to our potential and staying Torah, true, God-fearing Jews here in America. The topic, I'm sure you've heard of it, the broadening of our minds today will be surrounding one word, and that is individuality and what place there is for one to express his individuality in his Avayas Hashem and in life. It is a very popular topic. The world is obsessed with trying Individuals trying to express their inner selves to show off their singularities, to be a yachid, to feel special and different. Sometimes it goes too far, or perhaps sometimes it isn't honed and developed enough. It's an important topic because we must all agree to that same notion that we're all different. We all have different fingerprints. And it really is astonishing to think about how we all have the same body parts. And on the face specifically, there's maybe about four or five separate features that we have between eyes Nose, ears, mouth, some skin. But nobody looks the same. It's really interesting. So we must begin from a spot that individuality is the way that Hashem set up the world. And it's really step one. There's no argument about it. And when it comes to developing our own talents, and standing out in the crowd with our certain 
peculiar skills. What does the Torah have to say about that? I want to begin with maybe throwing some propane on top of this already subtly burning fire. And that, it may seem like individuality is kind of not something we're so in favor of in Judaism. If you just look around at society, you'll see that we all pretty much do the same things. We go to the same places at the same times, recite the same liturgy, learn the same texts, pretty much dress the same way. Where is the makom for individuality? So there's a source here in our parsha, parsha's vayechi, that really changes everything. This orachaim hakadosh, I was directed towards and came across it because of an interview that the great Rabbi Yaakov Volba of Houston, Texas, conducted with a relative of his, Rabbi Shmuley Botnik. And Rabbi Botnik has long been studying the Orachaim HaKadosh's Pirish. He's a brilliant Talmud Chacham. And he disclosed to Rabbi Volba that the following Orachaim on Parshish Vayechi discussing individuality and its role in Judaism is a top three Orachaim HaKadosh Al HaTorah that one should know. Now, before we jump to the Orachaim, we must get the text as to what is going on inside of the Parsha. Parsha's Vayechi discusses the closing up shop and the organizing of his affairs, that is, of Yaakov Avinu. And on his deathbed, giving out free brachos, fortune-telling, future-telling, to sons and grandsons. And his brachos, prophetic, most definitely nevuah, are now famous for each tribe, each one of the shifteka, the 12 tribes, has come to be defined by the blessing that they received that ultimately would become their destiny. Certain insignias, designs, and flags would be painted and flown high in the sky, showing off that portrait or manifestation of the blessing that they got from Yaakov on his deathbed. The blessings are cryptic, sometimes hard to understand how they are, in fact, blessings. At times, they seem to be like harsh rebuke. But just to dwell on one or two. Zavulun, he's blessed that he shall dwell by the seashore. He shall be a haven for ships. And his flank shall rest on Sidon. He's going to be the businessman. Seems to be a blessing of Hatzlacha in real estate. Hatzlacha in import-export. Yesachar is... A strong-boned wild donkey. 
crouching among the sheepfolds. A lot of ink has been spilled and thick books have been written in trying to understand the specific bracha of Yisachar, who was to be the rabbi for Klal Yisrael. Dan shall govern his people as one of the tribes. Dan shall be a serpent by the road, a viper by the path that bites the horse's heel so that the rider is thrown backward. Very obscure. The Torah says in summation of the blessings that kol shivte Yisrael all these were the tribes of Israel, 12 in number. And this is what their father said to them as he bade them farewell. He blessed them. Addressing to each a parting word appropriate to him. Seems very extra and superfluous, that last little five extra words there. We've already been told that Yaakov has blessed them. So why do we need ish ashe so man according to his blessing, did he bless them? So hear, hear ye, hear ye, listen to this epic Orachayim HaKadosh. The Arachayim explains that what does it mean, these extra words, seemingly superfluous words, that he blessed them each according to his blessing? Pirish, how wrote you lo, the blessing that was fitting for each son? According to each tribe's soul and his actions. You should know. Every single soul has a piece of it from up on high. But there are different up on highs, different parts of heaven, the heavenly souls that are sent down to this world that come with different individual separate uniquenesses. Ma'alos. Yeshima'alosa kahuna. Some souls are destined to be priests. Some are destined to be kings. Some are destined and have the potential to wear the crown of Tyra. Some strong. Some rich. Some generally successful at everything that they do. And Yaakov here is touching on this. With his prophecy with this prophetic vision, Levarich, he would bless Kol Echad, each tribe, Kefi Birchaso, according to his innate, soulful blessings. Birchaso, according to his blessings, Haroila, that he was fitting, that he already had, he blessed that. to further the development and the honing of that skill, of that Milo. HaMelech b'Malchus, king to be a great king, v'hakohen, and a priest to be a great priest. V'chein al zeh ha'derech v'lehofach ha'masilos. 
This is the Makar, it seems. One of a very glaring and exciting Makar for individuality in our Ruchnius. Seems it is. A Torah idea. The Pesach sings like a song that there were 12 tribes, Vayivarech Hosam, and he blessed them. And each bracha was Ish Asher Kabir Hosam. Each individual was blessed according to his appropriate blessing. We all have an appropriate blessing, an innate gift, something that separates us from the crowd. A character trait that will distinguish us from the rest of our kind. So yes, it seems thou shall seek to develop his individuality. So how far does this go? What can we do to express our individuality? You will see some that will change their shirt from white to blue, blue to white, black shoes to brown shoes to try to stick out and express their individuality, their special kite. If we read the Arachayim HaKadosh, I believe it comes clear that it's not even expressing your individuality. Because our own uniqueness is kefi bechines nishmaso, according to our souls from up high, our gifts, our talents. So it seems to be a mistake to want to identify as or separate yourself in the realms of physical matters to stand out and promote your expressing of your individuality for we're trying to develop what truly defines us our deeply rooted I our neshama in comparison if someone recognizes that they have a beautiful voice, it's a heavenly gift, cannot necessarily be trained, it's something natural. And this person wants to develop that kochos hanefesh, that strength of soul, that heavenly gift, that which distinguishes him from the rest of the tone-deaf crowd. If one day he should walk into Shul, this chazan, and just change his shoes from black to brown, wear a different colored shirt. It isn't expressing his individuality. We're talking about something much deeper. We're talking about developing and expressing our real I. Those gifts that Hashem gave to us. That's the first idea in what it means to express your yichud, your own blessings. Not our superficial blessings. Not standing out with what color shirt we wear. But developing and expressing that little natia that God gave us in our soul that makes us special. One of the real champions of this idea of building your I, your Ani, in Yiddishkeit, 
was and is and always will be the great altar of Slabotka. He had a world-famous, supreme, keen understanding of his Talmudim. And the proof is in the pudding. Just look at the students that came through the walls, through the doorways of Slabotka Yeshiva, the likes of Rav Yeruchim Lavovitz, Rav Aaron Cutler, Rav Ruderman, Rav Avigdor Miller. Bushels and bushels, barrels upon barrels, towering Torah giants all came from this one institution. And the altar was famously particular about this idea, about developing each bachar's kochos hanefesh. What is his heavenly gift? What the world would lack, both spiritually, or most definitely spiritually, if this person would not be on the world. And the altar would push that Tama to develop that, to bring it out. And because of this gift, such beautiful fruits. And of note is how different all of the different Talmidim that we have, all the different branches from the Eitz Chaim that was Slabotka Yeshiva, we have Tells and Ner Yisrael and Mir and Chaim Berlin, Lomje, Lakewood, different approaches all to the same topic. A development of the real individuality of the person. Now the following story strikes a bit of fear in my heart to say and it hits kind of really where it hurts as you will soon see why. But one of the foremost disciples of the altar of Slabotka was the great Rav Yeruchim Lavovitz. Now if you've never heard that name before Rav Yeruchim Lovovitz was the great spiritual dean in Mashkiach of Mir Yeshiva during the Roaring Twenties. And he did, for the Yeshiva world, what hardly anyone could imagine doing. He was this bridge between Kelm, Valajan, and Rabbi Strasalanter's Musser, and the Torah of Radin, and he bridged the gap to the Westerners, to the American Bachram, now that after the war, flocking, leaving their homes in Brooklyn and going to Yeshiva, going to Mir, Rabbi Rucham would build them up, coach them as a certain drill sergeant, and people would count their birthdays based on when it is that they met Rabbi Rucham Lovovitz because they felt they were born again and their eyes were opened up like a brand new baby. And there was one specific episode which the altar of Slabodka met Rabbi Rucham Lovovitz. I don't recall if Rabbi Rucham went to the altar or the altar went to Rabbi Rucham. But the altar of Slabodka spoke to Rabbi Rucham privately in a small little study 
a little room off of the base medrash, and people heard screaming coming from that room. And the Bachram listened closely, eavesdropping. They heard the altar of Slabodka scolding Rabbi Rucham, yelling, giving harsh rebuke and criticism. And of note was Rabbi Rucham standing there, listening, drinking in every word. Bystanders report how his head was in a way of hunched over, a listening ear, accepting everything. The path to life is the accepting of rebuke. What was the rebuke that his Rebbe was giving him? The altar felt that with all of the inspiration and the building up of the Talmidim, Rabbi Rucham should put more of an emphasis in building up their yichud, their individuality. And not just as the altar said, my body trembles as I say it. He felt Rabbi Yeruchim was inspiring and coaching, but creating little clones of Rabbi Yeruchim's godless, of Kelm's godless, little drill sergeants, little Musarites, without developing each Bacher's individuality. Now, I kind of have a personal thing about the story. I kind of love the idea of being a part of an army that marches forth and kind of declares success and guarantees success. When one does go on their individual trailblazing path, it could be hard. But of note is the two separate sefarim that make up the last chedek of Rav Yerucham sefarim. All the other brashas, Shemos, Vayikra, and Bamidbar is just one volume, but, Bamid, but Devarim is two. And there's a whole lot in it about individuality and developing your ani. It's remarkable to see the subservientness that Rav Yerucham acted with in front of his Rebbe. And he began to fully embrace this approach. And these are giants in this story. But there definitely is some powerful takeaway. To serve Hashem the way only we can serve Hashem. To serve Hashem with our gifts. One of the blessings, quasi pieces of rebuke that Yaakov gave one of his sons, two of his sons actually, was that Shimonon Levi, that when you wiped out the town of Shechem, you were using borrowed, stolen craft. It's not a Jewish attribute to take up guns and arms and wipe out a city. You're borrowing something. And Rabbi Ruchim would give an entire Musr schmooze about an hour of Avaydas Hashem. Often we are just borrowing somebody else's Avaydas Hashem, mimicking the great ones. But not actually shuckling because we want to shuckle in davening or learning the way we have been gifted and know how to learn, but just 
following ahead, borrowing others' gifts. So individuality seems to be definitely quite important. And there's yet even one more, perhaps controversial, yet helpful point in the development of our own gifts and the honing of our own ish kebir chaso beirachosam. Rabshalom Kamenetsky, he spoke at Nerla Elef, this teaching and coaching of young Kolo guys seminar to try to give them and arm them with answers to tough theological questions, how and what they need to know and how to go about knowing it, developing the skills of interpersonal relationships, how to teach, how to coach others and relate to all different types of Jews. And he's a brilliant Talmud Chacham and a Gadol Hadar. And Rabshalom Kamenetsky said in public, so now it is not, and he's sort of hashash of maybe he wouldn't want it revealed. But he said when he was young, he actually didn't enjoy learning Torah as much as his father. It wasn't so easy for him. His mother had the brilliant idea that no matter what he wants to learn, one more seder of just whatever he wants and not learning just Gemara or what would be the curriculum, what his heart covets. What his individual nefesh is pulled towards. He told his mother, kind of interested in more Kabbalistic topics, the idea of and they say for nefesh hachayim. So it was set up. The mother got a tutor, got someone to teach him. They learned nefesh hachayim. And Reb Shalom Shlita continued to tell how he became totally engrossed in the philosophy of it, in the understanding of it, in Reb Chaim Valozhiner's approach, in what is Yichud, what happens when a person does a mitzvah down below, in Shardalit, and the depth and the importance of Torah study, and what happens in the opening of the Shefa, of the honey and sap from above, for it to start dripping down below. And from there, the developing of his own individual thirst in Torah, he went on to declare that that kind of was the on-ramp for everything else. For now that I know Nefesh Achayim, how does this compare and contrast with this Gemara? And now that I know the Gemara, does it work halachically? Does this take effect here? I need to get this Masechta out, and it starts to build, and you start to go from the on-ramp to the highway to the HOV to the Autobahn, and you start to really pick up speed. So now we can even say that expressing our real spiritual uniqueness, our blessings, and our natias can actually be an on-ramp to unrivaled and unparalleled success. The idea this week is not to be a copycat. The idea this week is to listen to the Orachayim and understand that we all do have specific and unique gifts that make us great. Great singers, great speakers, great dancers, great teachers, 
great learners, great daveners, great fathers, great workers. But we also want to express that the individuality shouldn't be left to expressing it only in these physical realms. But it should be a deep developing of subtle attributes of the soul, of not just changing your shirt, maybe not just dancing this way or developing a dancing skill. While it may be a certain tahuna that should be developed, of course, but maybe there are even more deeper, deeply rooted, intrinsic milos. The way to give in your avaitis Hashem. Maybe you've been focusing on the gift that you have in dancing or singing, but not understanding the subtle gift that you have in learning that one safer or in teaching this style student with that unique gift that you have to understand the safer and the student. For no one else can teach like you. So developing our real Ani, heralding that inner voice, listening to the call of the wild that we really know we can't accomplish. And to try to jump and push towards action, just imagine. If Rabbi Rucham didn't pick up Musser, if Rabbi Aaron didn't work on Hasmada and Lumdis. Imagine if somebody that was a singer like Helfgott never worked on singing. One could literally be hanging out with the cheetahs and davening to Hashem, I want to express my individuality and run really, really fast and even faster than the other cheetahs for that is what my DNA and what makes me special. But he may not even understand that he's in the wrong exhibit, in the wrong habitat, for he is an eagle. And he has a more deeply rooted problem and gift that can be expressed. So yeah, there are 12 million Jews. Maybe we all dress the same, do the same things, act the same ways, daven at the same times. But that's not individuality. When you get to know each person and what their quest is in life, what their relationships are like, what their gifts are in their avaitas Hashem, what their abilities are, like all the different shvatim got their own definition and their own blessings, you start to realize what real honing of your life skills are and what really sets you apart and distinguishes you from the crowd. An unbelievable arachayim, a powerful lesson from the altar of Slabodka. And it all comes back to this pasuk. Of Kol Eilishifte Yisrael Shneim Asar, this, these are the twelve tribes. The Zos Asher Diber Lehem Avim, and this is what their father 
told them in his bid farewell, his final salute, he blessed them. We've all been blessed with specific gifts. And ish asher kibirchoso beirachosam. And man, an individual according to his blessings, did he bless them? Kill them, get the shit.